Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. So this morning, we're going to look over into several chapters. So I got some scripture for you. And, uh, and so here, we're, some people fight uh, to become a leader, right? And others, you find them that they uh, become a leader simply because they're willing to fill a need. They see a need and they meet that need, and so they, they step into something. And, and there's a person we're going to look at from Scripture who, who became a leader uh, in some way as a young person. And we'll see that in her life. And uh, she, uh, she found a need and she filled it, but it was only the start for her. It was only the start, and we're going to look into this woman's life today, who, can, who is considered one of the seven major female prophets of Israel, so Old Testament. And uh, so she's one of the seven major uh, prophets uh, of Israel among the women. And, and this woman, uh, she is among those, uh, is Sarah. You have Sarah, right? You have Miriam. You have Deborah. You have Hannah. You have Huldah. You have Abigail. And you have Esther. And of course, as you see, the, the, this woman of vision is who we're going to look at, who is Miriam. And uh, Miriam was one of those ladies that was really important in the scripture. And uh, if you don't know much about her, or you, maybe you don't know her name, you probably do. But if you don't, that's okay. We'll, we'll get a, a good overview of who she is and what she's done today. And uh, so... This lady, uh, she is something else, because if you don't know her, uh, you likely remember that she was the older sister of Moses. And so Moses, you probably get, right? You probably know that name. And so for, she was a forward-thinking young woman that had a, a mind about her to assist in making history. She really did. She had some great effects there, and she took part in history of deliverance of not only for God's people Israel, but even for her brother Moses, and we see that. And there are really three key parts to her and what she did that we know of, right? That's just the way it is. That's what Scripture gives us, at least three things that she did. Two of those are great. One of those is not so great, but we can learn from her, and that's what we always should do when we open up the Word of God, because she made an investment in Moses' life, she made an investment. If she wouldn't have invested in his life, what would have happened with Moses? Well, we really don't know. And, uh, but she invested and she couldn't be paid back in gold. There's just no way you could be paid back for what she did. So from what we know in the Bible, uh, it tells us uh, about her. In Numbers chapter 26, verse 59, it says this, uh, the name of, of Amron's wife, uh, Jochebed, uh, descendant of Levi, who was born to the Levites in, e to, in Egypt, to Amran, she bore uh, Aaron, Moses, and their sister Miriam. And so, so we know that her, her mom and dad is Amran and, and Jochebed. And what, what's special about them? Well, they were part of God's covenant people, Israel, and it was, they were significant. And uh, so we see that here, here she is, and more, uh, Miriam was born likely in a time where they didn't feel too special. They were at the end of a 400-year stint in captivity because they had been 
they'd been in, in uh, Egypt uh, slaves and stuck in a bad situation. Their family had lived there for a long time. Uh, really, that's all they knew. They didn't know much of anything else at this point. And so, but God was in the room and he was getting things ready to do something bigger than what they could ever imagine in their whole life or even the history of the people of God. We see something significant happen here and Miriam took, op took the opportunity to be a part of what God was doing and she was a person of vision. So when most people consider what happened when Israel was delivered from slavery in Egypt, they, they seldom think about Miriam. Uh, uh, they may off and on, but people think uh, about Moses and Aaron, and then other times they think about Aaron and Moses, right? It's just the way it is. They don't, they don't necessarily think about her, but I understand this because it really kind of makes sense because Moses was kind of the lead. And it was Moses specifically whom God called to deliver Israel, and Aaron was by his side. And Miriam was there as well, and Aaron was kind of the public speaker, and we see the, the, the priesthood come through his line for Aaron and everything. But before you discount this older sister, uh, you need to listen to what the prophet Micah says about her. I think what he says in Micah chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, really is telling about what even the prophet Micah, how he viewed her. And it says this, my people, what have I done to you? How have I, how have I burdened you? Answer me, I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. So it wasn't just Moses and it wasn't just Moses and Aaron, but it also included Miriam as well. So every one of them were important in the kingdom of God. And that's just a reminder to us that no matter who we are, we are important in the kingdom of God. What God has going, he wants to do through our lives. He wants to work in us and through us. Uh, but I hope this passage here puts a little bit of light on, what, uh, the, on the leadership of Miriam as well. Uh, we know that Aaron was there, so the, and so was Miriam. They were both influencers, just like Moses. Uh, but like her brothers, she messed up at times, but she too uh, was a prophet among her peers. And so it's important to realize that she's a human like you and me. And, and you too may need to recognize how God has placed you on this, this earth to be an influence among other people around you. You're all called for that. And here's this young woman. She, she could have just decided to let somebody else take care of business. She really had that choice, right? She could have done that, but she chose to follow through and to walk with the Lord and allow the Lord to lead their life. So this, this young woman could have done that, but there are, there are at least three times that Miriam is noted in the scripture or she really stood out and let's look at the first one. And the first one is this, where Miriam, she, she reconnects Moses to their mom. So she reconnects him to their mom. And we find this over in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. So if you follow along with me, it says this uh, in Exodus 2, 1. So now um, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. Uh, that was Jochebed and, uh, and her husband. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Uh, but when 
when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Boy, that has smelled nice. Uh, but anyhow, so uh, then, she, then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister, that's Miriam here, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. So I, I can't just leave out uh, Moses' mom. His mom was a significant individual in this as well, and what she did, Jochebed, uh, and she had, uh, she had uh, uh, something besides just abandonment or to send that child off in the Nile, which was uh, what the kind of the day uh, the situation was in the day that they were living in. And, and for each action she took, it showed her love and it showed her hope for this child that God had provided for her. And, and there's, a, there's an important part for us to understand what was taking place at that point in time. Because there was a catastrophe happening. And we see it over in Exodus chapter 1 verse 22. It says, Then Pharaoh gave the order to all the people, Every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. So there was a plan on the, uh, in the mind of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt at that point, He's like, we're going to get rid of all these boys. We don't need the boys. We don't want the leader of the house in there. And we're going to just leave the, the girls. And that's what their intention was. It was a Pharaoh that knew, that knew uh, didn't really know the Israelites. And so Jochebed decided to give Moses a chance. She gives him a chance and she hides him and she gave him a boat ride. Sent him out on the Nile there a little bit in his little pitch boat and pitch covered boat. But Miriam, his sister, she wasn't far away. I don't know if there was kind of a plan behind this. I don't know. We know there was a plan behind it with God. We know that he had intent with us. But Miriam, his sister's not far away. She must have really caught the vision of her mom. She must have paid attention and listened to her. You know, it's important that we listen to our moms, right? It's important. We need to be aware of what, of what our moms are saying, right? They, because they, have, they, have, they can have an impact in our lives. And, and they, they, weren't, uh, they weren't the only ones here. In the Old Testament, we see there in this situation that the uh, midwives were actually letting the li- kids live, and they weren't supposed to. They weren't supposed to let the boys live, but that's, that's what they were doing. They are trying to take care of them. And uh, they, they decided to obey God instead of just people, right? And we see that same principle running in the New Testament. And we see it over in Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, it says this in verse 29. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. In other words, we must obey God instead of just man. Can I get an Amen. So Miriam, this young lady, positions herself to make a connection with the people who find the baby. I don't know if they knew uh, that the, that the uh, daughter of the Pharaoh was going to be there. I don't know. I'm sure they saw the entourage coming with, uh, you know, with all the guys with their sunglasses and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, but anyhow, here they, here they come, and uh, she's got the baby. Jochebed's uh, got the baby on the water, and they push him out, and... And so we find here in Exodus chapter 2, verse 5, these words. It says, the Pharaoh's daughter 
went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were, were walking along the riverbank. And so she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her uh, female slave to get it. And then she opened it and saw a baby. He was crying. Well, I would be too if I was in a pitch boat. I don't know about you. Uh, but anyhow, so he, he, was, he was crying and she felt sorry for them. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. So, so this woman had compassion on this child. She had compassion on him and, and he was floating in this boat and she... She wasn't just any person, but she was one of the family members of the Pharaoh himself, one of the kings. And so, and here Miriam is waiting in the shadows for the right opportunity to direct them. She's waiting. She took the opportunity. Kind of reminds us of what took place in the, in the making of the United States and so many years ago. It depends on how far you go back. Uh, but, but when settlers would come 3,000 miles across the ocean to come to the new land and they would arrive on the East Coast and, and then they started building, right? They started building and they would create, uh, they, they created towns and those kind of things. And then at one point they'd get to a place and said, we need to make a, a road that runs at least five miles west into the wilderness. And and so then finally that what they start getting ready to do this and get a lot their money to do all this work and and then they then what they tried to people are like we don't need to do that why would we do that why would we go 5 miles west into the into the wilderness and so they decided they were going to throw these guys out of office is what they were going to do think about it for a second though they had went 3000 miles across the ocean to make it to another place to call their home and now they were ended up being so short-sighted that they were going to just kind of drop the ball and leave it there and it can it can be that way i'm i am so glad that miriam didn't do that i'm so glad that the others that aaron and moses didn't do that and we know if you know the story very well that there were times that they went through some challenges and they they wanted to do that but, but with a clearer vision, we can become what God has for us. No ocean of difficulty is too great if we are willing to follow him and allow his Holy Spirit to guide us into our future. Because he has a plan for each and every person. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter if we're 5 or 55 or 85 or 105. That is, that's just a side note. We all have a responsibility and an opportunity to serve him. And I think that's key for us. So, so she was a, she was a pers person of vision and, and, a, and a person of opportunity, and she acts on that. So now we need to learn from her, and look at what Miriam goes on to do. If you see there in verse 7 of, of Exodus chapter 2, you'll find this. It says, Then his sister, that's Miriam, right? Ask Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Boy, that was smart, right? wasn't it? So she knew where she was going. She said, well, hey, I, I, she's mom's boy. She's my brother. And so she goes back and gets her mom. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take the, the, the baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you 
Wow, she even got paid for taking care of her own baby, right? And and so uh, when the child grew older, uh, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. So God used Miriam early on. She, she, he used her early on and with this vision for the future. Did she know what all was going to happen? No, she didn't. A lot, a lot of us, we don't know what all the things that God is going to do. But, but little did she know that God would do this through her brother Moses and herself and Haran. And not only did she save his life, but she gave him an opportunity to be par, uh, partly raised by their mom, which is really a cool thing. Really a neat deal. But, but this, this wasn't the end of it. And Miriam was, was able to engage with the Pharaoh's family. And it, it set Moses up in a powerful way for the future. Really just a God, it was a God thing. God set them up to be able to get into this situation so he could do a great miracle. He did several miracles. It is interesting though, but the, the miracle didn't really come very easy. It was a process. You know, he did miracles in it, but he still took them through a process. And sometimes in our lives, we go through processes while God is still doing a miracle in our lives. And we have to be willing to say, okay, God, that's okay. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> go ahead and work in my life. But that's, it's not always as easy as it sounds, right? But God did work, and he proved himself to Miriam, he proved himself to Aaron and to Moses, and he even proved himself to Pharaoh, even though Pharaoh was hard in his heart. But Miriam, this woman of vision, didn't always win. She didn't always win. It's an important thing for us to see people in the Bible because sometimes people, when they, when they read the scripture, they say, yeah, but that person, they were perfect. They, they didn't have any issue. But no, Miriam, she had some challenges, right? Because she was like you and me. She was. And so the second thing here we find is Miriam and Aaron end up challenging their brother Moses. So that's the second part of this. And the attack against Moses is in uh, in this chapter, it, it, it's, it's really a surprise. And this woman of vision temporarily lost sight of the end. And we, and we find actually that the main challenger here is Miriam because the way it is in the Hebrew language, uh, laying it out for her first, normally they would have put the man first, but uh, Aaron first, but they put her first. And her first line of attack is on Moses' wife, and we discover the real issue is why is Moses God's favorite? Why is it me? Why is it Aaron? Right? And so the truth comes down to a classic example of sibling rivalry. She kind of starts using the tactics, her and Aaron, both of them. They start using the tactics of the school, what you do in the schoolyard, right? And so, but the, but the Lord ends up correcting them out of this. And so uh, we, we see here some problems. Uh, Numbers chapter 12 is where we're at now. So we shift to Numbers 12. And uh, Numbers 12 verse 1 says this, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, uh, for he had married a Cushite. Uh, Cushite. They didn't like that. Evidently, has, has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they ask? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. 
Now, now Moses was very humble, a uh, very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. When you hear this, you realize that God did speak through Miriam. God did speak through Aaron. Not just Moses, but it was them as well. We, we know that's fact. And, and, and so here, the, uh, but here specifically, Moses was the one that God was uh, wanting to use as the key player to pull them out of slavery. But yet these others were part of the team. They were important. And uh, it's, it's quite interesting that the Lord did something there. He actually passed by and totally ignored, if we understand correctly, the marriage issue. Because they didn't. They, they were like, oh, she married a Cushite. We don't like that. And, uh, but, but the Lord seems to jump by that. And look with me over in the next verse, in verse 4 of chapter 12. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. I want to talk. I added that, but that's what he's saying. So, so the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud, which was typical for him at that point in time. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. And when the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. It's all fine and good. Then verse 7. He says, but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why, the, uh, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So really the Lord calls him on the carpet, both Miriam and Aaron. He's calling him on the carpet and correcting things. And so God revealed that he had a special relationship with Moses, which he didn't have with the other prophets. And this would have included Miriam and Aaron, but God was saying, follow my order, follow my lead, my way. And just after this, God actually judged Miriam temporarily with leprosy for seven days just to make his point. And uh, it's interesting that we find in verse 11 there that Aaron's like, wait a second here. And, he sa and, and Aaron said, please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us the sin, uh, the sin we have so foolishly committed. This, and, and this was all because of Moses taking this Cushite wife? No, not really, not likely. The initial attack on Moses concerns his wife, but it's, but that's, yeah, a very human thing that people try to do at times. And not, it's not restricted to women to present a smokescreen uh, before coming out with the real issue. People do that, right? They throw the smokescreen up and say, hey, what about this? And then, the, then they bring the other thing in, uh, and then they talk about that. But the marriage of Moses to a Cushite wife was really not the issue at all. This is only an excuse. That's what it kind of was for them. Oh, you can go back and look at their, yeah, the excuse may have some merit, right? But not in this case, really. The real issue concerns Moses' special relationship with God. And here is something you have to, have to note. She not, is not judged because she's a woman. She's judged for her sin like any other person. And what we understand there is she was the instigator from the language in the Hebrew. She seems to be the instigator so, but God does something. You know, sometimes, 
people look at the Old Testament and say, yeah, but God is just stiff and stern and tough. No, he's not. He may be stiff and tough at times, but he's also full of grace. And what does he go ahead and do after this? After seven days, he let her set right for a little while. They didn't move. The whole people of Israel, they hung out. They waited. They waited on God. She got through that seven days, got through the leprosy part. God gave her grace, and then they moved on. They brought her back into the fold. She was still important to the team. That's the grace of God. That is the grace of God. So we see Miriam taking part in Moses' rescue, and then we see her big mistake. But now we see her in a nicer light, right? The third thing where Miriam leads in worship and celebration. This was at a powerful time among the Israelites where God brings them out uh, out of the land of uh, bondage. In, in Exodus chapter 15, verses 19 to 21, it says this. When, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. So they made it through. They got to the other side, and the other guys were knocked out. And then we see in verse 20, it says, Then Miriam the prophet... Um, Aaron's sister took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them and sang to the Lord, for he has highly exalted both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord had given them a wonderful victory because they had been bound into slavery for about 430 years. They were stuck, and yet God worked through their lives, and it was even included a woman that led them out. Not only is Miriam famous uh, for connecting Moses to their mom at, at, with Pharaoh's daughter and such, but she's famous for leading them in worship and celebration after the, they make it through the Red Sea. And Exodus even calls her a prophet here in verse 20, which is so, uh, it's telling. And she was uh, lifting up the Lord who had just delivered them out of bondage. No wonder she sang. I would sing too if I'd been stuck in bondage like that and I'd been set free, right? Wouldn't you be, uh, be happy and rejoicing? And that's what was happening with them. And she's leading them in that. God had done something wonderful for them. He had did something transforming. Yet she led them in worship. She was a woman, a special woman of vision. And Miriam recognized God's miracle. And she turned around to give him thanks. She did something that every one of us should do. Well, you say, well, of course she did. They just got delivered from, from being slaves in this foreign country that they had been for so many years, and now they're coming out of there. And so, of course she did. But sometimes people don't give God thanks when he's done a miracle for them after they'd prayed and asked. Sometimes people will say, Lord, would you just do this? If you'll just do this for me, and God does it, and they say, oh, that's great. And they leave it at that. But for us, we need to be able to recognize when God has done something for us and we need to give him thanks like Miriam did. She led in that part and we should also lead in that part as well to recognize that God is able and he is willing to work in our lives and we need to give him thanks once he does something for us. Amen. It's so true. 
we need to give him thanks because he's good. How would it make you feel if you helped a friend remodel their kitchen for free? You know, you're just hanging out together and you just like doing stuff with others. And, and so you go over to their house, right? And you're working with them and you guide them through some of the things because they're, they're newbies, right? They haven't done it before. And so you, you show them how to put the countertops in. You show them and you, you do the sheetrock repairs. You do the plumbing, the electrical things. And you're just doing it. And you're just spending countless hours with them and just enjoying the fellowship, but also enjoying the work and showing them something new. And so you get, you get through all that and once they are fit, once you guys are just totally finished, the kitchen looks smashing, if that's a word in English. And it just looks great. And so you look at, they look at it and they say, wow, this is wonderful. And then they walk away and they go sit on their couch. And they don't say thanks at all. And they haven't said thanks for the whole time. Wouldn't that be awkward? Wouldn't, that be, wouldn't you feel kind of weird? Uh, you, you did all that work and they didn't even say thank you? I wonder if that's how God feels at times with us. When he does do something for us and he helps us. And, and, and we just say, oh, that's great. Cool. And you keep walking. We have to be careful that we give him thanks in all, in all things because he's good and he is faithful. You know, sometimes it doesn't always go our way, right? Look at, look at how they were stuck in slavery for 430 years. Look at how they went through a lot of things. They actually came out, right? And it didn't take long for them to start complaining again once they came out of, out of the land of slavery. And we have to make sure that we don't get in that kind of mentality. Yeah, so you have this Moses and Aaron and Miriam, and they're cited as reminders to people of the great leadership that God had given them. Moses was God's great prophet, the example of, to the prophets yet to come. But Miriam also was a prophetess, and we see that in Exodus 15, 20. But Miriam made an impact, not only in her generation, but for generations to come. How would have Moses been limited if she hadn't have done what she did? We really don't know. Women, you don't always know the power that you hold. You don't always understand the responsibility that you may hold in your hands. Use your power for the kingdom of God. Use your power for good to bless and to help others around you. You know, it's here that we have to be able to ask ourselves, what kind of person are we going to be? You know, this goes for males and females, doesn't matter. It, it's, it's for all of us. What kind of person are we going to choose to be? Are you going to be like Miriam, who is a person of vision? You're forward thinking. You look and say, okay, God, I see that you have something that you're going to do in the, in the future. And I want to be part of what you are going to do. Are you going to be somebody who thanks God when he answers your prayer? Are you going to be the person who realizes there's a need which needs to be filled so you, you can choose to step out and fill that need? Don't mess up like she did. And we understand she was a human, we're human, and sure we mess up at times, but we don't want to stay there at, and we don't want to be lone rangers. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. There really just aren't. If somebody's being a lone ranger, they're kind of stepping outside. We're all part of this one great big team. 
We have to be able to find the needs and fill them and do the best we can, allow the Holy Spirit to work through our lives. And when deliverance comes, because He will bring it if we are going to be faithful to look to Him, He will bring that deliverance in His time and His way. And when deliverance comes, we need to lift our hands and thank Him and say, God, You are good and we appreciate what You have done. We need to give Him thanks. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I pray for each person here in this place and online with us this morning. I pray that, Father, that you would bring your hope and your strength and your healing in their lives. Father, we pray that you would help us to be a person of vision, that we would see past our own desires, see past our own wants, see past our own needs, and see what you would have in front of us, Father God. Help us to be people of vision. Father, like Miriam had this vision to be able to take care of her brother. And look at what you have done through their lives. We thank you, Father God. Sure, she messed up. But Father God, we also know that she got back up and she worshiped you and thanked you for what you've done. Father, may we be the type of people who set our weapons aside and stand up and say, God, you are good and we offer ourselves to you. We say, God, that you are all in all, and we put our trust and our faith in you. Father, this morning, we offer ourselves up to you, and we say, Jesus, have your way in us. Father, I pray for every person here in this place, and I pray that you would have your way in them. Father, man or woman, boy or girl, Father, have your way, because you have a plan for each one. You are not done with us yet. You are not done with us yet, Lord. Maybe you need to say that out there. God, you're not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet. You still have a plan in my, for my life. And I'm going to yield my life to that plan. Let it be done in me today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.